Hello, everyone. You know what that music means. It's time for another episode of Ian Hates Music. And guess what? It's another Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I am very excited today because my guest on the show is Chad Kowal from the band Farewell, My Love. Chad was a great guest. Farewell, My Love has an awesome, awesome album out right now called Above It All. And we just go into everything. There are some really great stories from Chad. Chad's very open about all the changes that have occurred since the last album that Farewell, My Love put out. There's really just a ton of stuff that we go over. So I don't want to hold back from that. I'll come back after the conversation to fill you guys in on what I thought and go over how best to support Farewell, My Love and everything. But right now, let's get to the conversation. I'm going to start with a taste of Above It All. I just picked a few of my favorite tracks from the album which was very easy because they're all favorite tracks of mine. So we're going to start with Crazy, and coming out of the conversation, we're going to go to Make Believe, and at the end of the show, we're going to play the title track, Above It All. So right now, let's get right to it. Here's Crazy. Enjoy.
All right, and welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Chad from Farewell, My Love. We just had a <laughs> technical issue, so we've technically done this first 10 seconds. But Chad, thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate it. My pleasure, man. So I will ask it again, even though I know the answer. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm good as well. Uh, I just recorded a show. I think that's what the technical issue was. I did the Ian Hates Music sideshow. And now yeah. I'm just excited to talk to you. Okay, likewise, man. Chad, so you just had your brand new album, Above It All, come out. What's it been like putting all your work into that and now seeing everything kind of come to fruition? Um, it's been very, very cool. Um, there's been a lot of changes within the band right. from our last release. In, in fact, um, before we started to kind of like even get the booklet together for the new album, I was kind of looking through our last record and I was looking at the picture of us in it. And I was just looking at the layout and everything. And it's like, I feel like this album is almost a complete 180. Oh, really? In terms of like, yeah, like our, our, our look is completely different. Like, like we were, we were kind of like a makeup band before, like with the, with the crazy, like kind of gothic look. Right. And this album, we, we like to consider ourselves more like a rock band, which is kind of like a, like a, like a more classier dressed rock band in terms of like the older bands like Aerosmith or you know Guns N' Roses, kind of a, a midpoint between those sort of things. And sure, um, I, I I don't know, just just the the layout's very bright, it's very vibrant, yes. very like uh, has a lot more of a positive feel than her last record had a lot more of. Uh, although the songs were very positive, I feel like it had a lot darker of a feel. Um, uh. So it's just cool to kind of put ourselves out there again and. Um, this is obviously my first record um, singing for the band, so that was exciting to kind of release that and see what people had to say about it. Yeah, that's what I've been really kind of itching to talk to you about because you went from a completely different role in the band, it seems at least, from the outside, yeah. to being the yeah. lead. Yeah. What was that like? You started playing drums. I don't remember this because I've been a fan for a long time. You didn't do drumming and singing at the same time, right? I did. Actually. Oh, you did? Okay, um, all right. I yeah, I, I was never, like, the lead vocalist of the band by any means. I did do, like, live harmonies right. um, all the time um, while I played drums. A, a lot of my favorite drummers were like that, whether it be The Rev yep. from Event Sevenfold, whether it be, you know, Aaron Gillespie from Under Oath, For sure. um, whether it be Br Brandon from Atreyu. A lot of my uh, favorite drummers were also the singer of the band. So yep. it's just kind of something that I um, had become accustomed to and... My last band was uh, we were a metal band um, from Phoenix, and I was the like we had like a screamer, like a screaming vocalist, and then I was the clean vocalist while I played drums. So ah, sure. It's kind of something something that I already had somewhat experience doing, and um, yeah, I mean it, it, it's it, I've, I've explained this before in other interviews and stuff how like it's it's a complete different thing because when you're the drummer, you're in the back of the stage, right? You know what I mean? Like you're you know, with, with like little to no attention on yourself. And then you go to being the vocalist where like pretty much all eyes are on you the whole time. Right. And yeah. so it's, it's been a very different, but a, a fun challenge to kind of like, uh, to give myself. So yeah, you had, you had everyone on my list of, of drummers who, who did clean vocals as well. And then the only person I could think of off the top of my head who made the entire transition from, full-time drumming to lead singer was Francis from from Autumn from Ashes. Have you heard of them? From Autumn to I Ashes? I have heard of them. I, yeah. 
Yeah, that was. Yeah, so, yeah I know um, Brandon from Atreyu. He has a band called Hell or High Water. Oh, that's um, right. Yes, absolutely. So he had he had experience doing that, and it's just crazy how some bands like obviously like I guess something that's very close to my heart in terms of like because basically like a lot of the reason why um, I'm singing in the first place is obviously like for people that don't know some of the history of the band. Um, Robbie and I formed the band years ago. Right. And initially, it was, it was pretty much talked about almost every single time when we didn't have a singer. It was like, oh, why don't you just sing? And I was like, oh, well, I'm a drummer. And I invested so much money and time into drumming sure. that I was just kind of like, you know, like, you know I'm, I'm going to continue to pursue that in the band. But when it came down to it, I was just like, you know, we, we, were, we were having um, some difficulty with the lineup we were having. So we were just like, okay, you know, let's just, let's try this out and see how it works. And, um, it just felt really good. And it's, uh, it's been very, very, uh, a positive move for us. And I noticed, um, after doing some research, um, there's a band, I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're called nothing more. Yeah. Um, they, uh, I was looking into them some, some more cause they had been a band, I think since like 2003 or so. Um, right. and they, they pretty much made their big break in like 2014. That's when a lot of the people started to really get on board with them. And I was looking into it more and their singer, um, used to be the drummer of the band and he's also their third vocal. So it's like, it's literally the same exact thing as oh, okay. our band. Gotcha. So it's just cool. To, it's cool to see bands go through like a major change like that and then just kind of make it out alive on the other side. It's very, very inspirational for me. Exactly, yeah, I would imagine. So is that kind of where the name for the album comes from, above it all? Leaving all of that negativity behind and kind of rising above it? Yeah, definitely. I, I know I know. initially when we kind of started kicking it around, um, the name, um, it, I was kind of worried about it because I didn't want people to get like the wrong impression that like it was like more of like a cocky message where like, Oh yeah, we're above all these people, or something. I, I, that definitely, that definitely is not the meaning of it at all. No, no. It, 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 everything works together to paint a picture for both the fans and for the band. That you know, we've we've been a band this year for five years. Yeah. And we've we've been through so much, and we've learned so much as a band since the beginning. It, it literally feels like we're a completely different band now. Right. And um, this this album technically speaking with like a lot of the stuff that we went through um you mean it it it, it could have very well not happened you know what i mean in terms right. of like lineup lineup changes and all that stuff so it with the cover with having the flag on the top of the mountain it just kind of is very symbolic of the fact that we've made it past all of the darker parts of our past and we are ready to embrace the future and it's got it's a, definitely a reminder to the fans if they're going through anything of similar, you know, severity, that they can make it out alive as well. So, Yeah, it's not weaker bands, but bands that might not have as much passion as you do to make it through all of that might not have fared as well. And it seems like you guys have come out of this with flying colors. I mean, not to use a cliche statement and everything, but this album is great. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Now, I got a question about touring and everything. When you're out touring, do you mostly play above it all, or do you still mix in some of the older stuff? Does it kind of feel strange to you if you're playing some of the older stuff compared to this newer stuff? Um, For me, I, I, it's kind of a weird thing because we haven't really toured since oh, the album right. 
Okay. Has, has even, My has bad. Even been, has even been a, it's all good, man. Yeah, since it's even been a thought. Um, we we did start to play a couple new songs on the last run we did, which was a, a UK tour we did last summer. Uh-huh. Um, and the, the songs got great reception, but it wasn't even really out yet, so nobody really knew the song. Yep. So like, I, I think... I think when it comes down to building a live set for the future, I know we're looking into playing um, not really very much gold tattoos material. It's because like I feel like like Ryan's vocal style and his vocal range was kind of it, its own. Like that's kind of like nobody can do it kind of like he did sort of thing. Like in terms of like the inflections and the super high melodies. Sure. Um, those were kind of I think that I feel like was very trademark him. And, I can see that. Um, a lot, a lot of the songs that people have demanded to hear were either more off of "Above It All" or were off of "The Dance You Won't Forget." Oh, okay. So I know we we've discussed, you know, maybe playing one or two songs from Gold Tattoos, and then the rest of the majority of it will be from "Above It All," and then the other piece of this that will be songs from dance you won't forget maybe even some songs that we haven't played live in like three or four years oh that'd so, be very cool yeah so that, that's one thing we discussed for like the new sort of set list for the band uh moving forward but i, I know just based off the reception of this record um we've been very blessed in that everyone that we've asked you know like oh so what's your favorite song on the album it's been different for everybody so yeah i think we're gonna almost have we're gonna have like no choice. To play the whole <laughs> thing at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's one of those things. I mean, Pierce the Veil went on tour and did that entire Misadventures. Yeah. It, yeah. It only came out like a week before they went on tour and played the entire thing front to back. I think this album stands up where you could do the same thing. Yeah, that's definitely something we've talked about in the future. Um, probably, probably wouldn't be something that we'd be able to do. Um, or that would be very practical to do until, you know, later in our career. But okay. we definitely, to, to give this record um, the attention it deserves, I think we'd have to do, you know, even if it was like a five-year anniversary or 10-year or something where we like oh. go back and play the songs front to back, or if it's even like a standalone show where right. we just decide, hey, you know, this city's always been very great to us, so let's do a front to back sort of thing. It all just kind of depends. We're, we're going to kind of take it as it goes and... um yeah, I, I know. I I've gone to quite a few of those front to back shows. I went and saw the Used yeah. earlier this year. So did I. Yeah, they did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was an awesome tour. They did their first two records front to back, and the production was awesome. They brought out like the tree from In Love and Death, and yep. it was, like the heart. Was, <laughs> yeah, the heart was lit up. It was just so cool. So I mean, that would be super cool to do that in the future with this record. So we just have to see see how everything goes, and then hopefully. Um, if fans want to hear it over the course of time, we'll definitely be able to play it for them live. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if there was a band right now that you could choose to do a 10-year anniversary tour for an album, do you have one off the top of your head of someone you would just love to see do one specific album 10 or maybe even 20 years later? Um, well, for, for me, my favorite band of all time is uh, My Chemical Romance. Sure. Um but I was I was privileged enough to have gone to the Black Parade tour when it, when they did the full thing front to back. Same so here. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've I've kind of already seen it, and obviously they're no longer a band, so it's one of those things where I don't really want them to get back together if it's them going to be miserable and like pushing themselves to do it for the wrong reasons. Right. So, exactly. I mean, I mean, Under Oath is another one of my favorite bands, and they did uh, a ten year reunion uh, thing this year as well. Yeah. Um. I mean, honestly, like, 
everyone I've talked to about about it all and about this year specifically, I've just told them that, you know, this is this is obviously in the planning stages when we were just, you know, still talking about release dates and all that stuff. I was just like, I wanna drop a record this year and I wanna push it really hard and I wanna like make it amazing because almost every single one of my favorite records came out in two thousand six. Oh right. So, sure. Um, for me, it just meant a lot, like like literally almost every single one of them. It's like whether it be Escape the Fate, Dying is your latest fashion, whether it be um, AFI, December Underground, whether it be My Chemical Romance, The Black Parade, from first to last, yes. their album Heroin. Yeah, um, I, I just, mean, I sorry, I just got to interrupt you. I just, I just spoke with Matt on the show. Yeah, and it was amazing. Yeah, just once you, once you said 2006, I was like, yep, I was just marking down those albums with you, and yeah, we talked about all of that stuff because that album just blew me away. Oh yeah, well that's actually that that brings me to my next point of that's the that's the band that I think would mean the most to me to see a reunion of is the from first to last reunion. He had to be silent on whether or not Sonny was joining the band again, but yeah, yeah, that would be pretty amazing if that happened. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I, I know that there was like a song that Skrillex played on uh, that Beats One radio show like yep. a couple weeks ago and. It was a from first. It sounded like seemingly like a from first to last song with modern production, and his voice sounded like it was modern production, and like referenced Snapchat. Yeah, right. Stuff, so you know it's new. <laughs> you know it's new. But exactly. I, I don't know. I I have faith. I mean, it's just crazy for me because I've I've been a fan of from first to last, and of everybody in that band and everything they do separately for like over ten years now. And right. To see, to see. Skrillex do this sort of thing. Like he obviously did the Skrillex project. Um, he's gotten so big doing that, so it's like I almost feel like he's in a position where he could do anything he wants and still have it have success. So I almost feel like like now is sort of the time. Yeah. If he wanted to come back and do something like this, he can do it now and he can ensure that it's gonna be successful because of the name he's built for himself. Plus I mean, people have been asking for that Sunny Moore from first to last reunion for as long as he's been out of the band. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the turbulent past that from first to last has had because of so much of you know him leaving and then what the band had to go through after that. Yeah, there's absolutely no yeah. doubt about that. And now I think he could protect his voice the way that he needs to oh, yeah. now, where he couldn't back then. Yeah, well, I mean, I know firsthand that you know touring in you know a van during all months of the year where he has to, a vocal is completely different than anything else like any other instrument like if you're sick like like if you have like a cold or something you can still play bass you can still play drums i've done it right. plenty of times with playing drums but with vocals it's like if you get a certain type of sickness sometimes the first thing it does is makes you lose your voice right so like you have to like really baby yourself and there's a lot of stuff that i look forward to doing on our next tour to try to really help preserve things and really help take care of things. Cause almost every one of my favorite vocalists have had vocal trouble at some point or another where they have to get a surgery or have to look after it in some way or another. So it, it's always been a fear of mine because it's like, you know, I, I kind of learned how to sing from singers who have hurt their vocals. So it's like, uh, sure. I'm always like, <laughs> I'm always like crap, you know, like I hope I'm not picking up on sort of some sort of bad habits or whatever, but I don't know. Um, I, I like to think that I take care of myself and plan to do even better in the future in terms of like taking care of my health and stuff on the, on the road. So. Oh, yeah. That actually leads into something that I wanted to ask you before anyways. So from going yeah. from the singing while drumming to now being lead singer, and you said you haven't, obviously you haven't started on the main tour for this album, 
but when you were singing, were there any times yeah. that you did damage your voice or were there any times that, you know, anything happened where all of a sudden you woke up and you just could not sing whatsoever? Um, there's not been any times where we had to, I had to like not sing at a show or something, but there's definitely been shows where I'll wake up in the morning and obviously I, I don't like, I don't smoke, I, I don't, I don't drink, I don't do drugs or any of that stuff. So I like to feel like that gives me, um, a little bit of a head start in terms of like taking care of myself. But the one thing that I, I'll never forget this, I, I was in a local band that opened for this tour package. It was the Chariot, the Color Morale, oh. Memphis Mayfire, uh, Greeley Estates. It, it was like a tour package that happened like 2009, I think. Wow, okay. Um, and I think, I want to say, I mean, don't call me on it, because I could <laughs> be wrong, but I want to say, say it was one of the Color Morale's first tours they ever did. Okay, that, um, I mean, timeline-wise, I think that would be right. Yeah, meet me as well. And I, I remember meeting Garrett, their vocalist. Yep. He was just a nice guy. He like held my cell phone when we played so that I wouldn't lose it. And like, oh, that was great. I, uh, he was just so nice. And I remember I remember asking him even back then, I was just saying, you know, like, what are some things that I could do to make my voice, like, to preserve it and to make it stronger? And I, he just said, just drink tons and tons of water and make sure you get at least eight, eight hours of sleep a night. And I remember I, my voice was feeling kind of bad the night that we played it. And we played it in the next night in Tempe, Arizona. And I made sure I got the right amount of sleep. I drank a bunch of water and my vocals felt amazing that night. So it was just like, I'll always be thankful to people like him that have just, they've toured and they have experience and just sharing that knowledge with me and right. helping me to develop myself in the process has been very, very cool. But I mean, um, going back to the kind of being on the road and having sort of vocal trouble, I've not really had any problems with that. Yep. And if I ever, if I ever wake up one morning and it just doesn't feel as good, I'll just, I'll literally not talk the entire day. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So, um, I'll just make sure that I talk, and if I need to talk to somebody, I'll text them or, you know, say a couple words. But I'll literally pretty much only talk when I'm on stage oh, okay. that night, and just get allow myself to kind of get that rest and um, take care of it. Because I mean, it's like, you know, there, there's some vocalists that I know that. I probably pushed through the pain and stuff, and it's not good. Right. So. No, very true. You mentioned about starting off in your previous band being the clean vocalist, but then also you obviously put a lot of time and effort into drumming. Did you take any vocal lessons back in the day, or have you taken vocal lessons that would help you with this kind of stuff? Um, I, I, I took some. Um, just like a, a lady that's like local here, um, she just worked with some friends of mine, so she, um, oh, right. she, helped, me a little, she helped me a little bit. Um, and then I use this DVD called The Zen of Screaming. Yes, I have um, that as well. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's uh, it's super cool. I just uh, I'll put it on. I I warm up before every single show. I have to. Oh, okay. To get what it can be. And also, there's these little um. I don't like calling them pills because it sounds wrong and it just it isn't accurate. They're like these little like these little candy things mm -hmm. that uh they're called vocal zone pills. Oh, okay. And, um, Spencer from Periphery told me about them. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to try these things out. And they taste horrible. They're <laughs> absolutely awful. But they they have, like, pepper and they have, like, some spices in it. They basically have a – it basically is kind of like that stuff called Bix. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you know, how, you know how, like, how it makes you, like, it opens your, your chest up and it kind of makes you, like, feel like – I don't know. It, it, it just kind of clears the passage is always how I describe it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I, I always get a bunch of those before we leave for tour and I – 
I'll like suck on one before we go on stage and it'll kind of like help to open up my vocal and kind of just make everything like clear. And, you know, there's always the, the thing I do where I, I, I try not to eat anything like four to five hours before we play. Oh, just okay. So, just so everything's completely clear. Cause I, I know like dairy, like I think there was even a data remember DVD where like, he was like mocking on this where he was like, yeah, you know, to warm up, I like eat a bunch of pizza and bread and stuff. Cause like <laughs> literally all those things are the worst things you could possibly have right. before you go up and sing. Because dairy, like even when you talk after you've eaten like pizza or anything that's like a dairy product, yep. like you're constantly adjusting your voice. And when you're singing, you can't adjust your voice, you know? No, very so, true. Yeah. People are expecting yeah. a certain sound. <laughs> that's not coming exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. And so, that sounds exactly like something he would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, he, he, he's an amazing vocalist as well. So oh, like, yeah. To take to, to take uh, some some cues from like Spencer from Periphery or even like Garrett from Colin Morale. Like I really really respect those guys as vocalists. So anytime that they're able to give me any sort of tips, I'm all ears. Yeah. In terms of like you know just expanding my knowledge, it's because like I've been singing on and off for years now, but never on a tour, never in different conditions, like. Even when we like went and played the UK last year, it felt different than playing like El Paso, Texas. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So, right. Right. Um, yeah. So, what are you doing now to prepare? Then you do have a tour date coming up, which I was going to wait for later, but I actually kind of want to bring it up now. Okay. Uh, you're doing the I Am Ghost reunion show on October 22nd at Chain Reaction in California, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah that one. Awesome. Are you going to set up a tour before that, or are you going to be waiting to go on after? Um, we're actually in the, in the works, uh, with some people right now oh, trying great. to get a tour together for after it. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly which markets it'll hit or, or anything like that. It's just in the very early stages of planning it. Um, but, um, we kind of figured it's like, you know, we play this I Am Go show and then continue the momentum into the end of the year and then, you know, kind of just take it from there. But we, we spent some time off the road, um, pretty much. We, have, we literally have not played a show since like you know, July of last year. So see, that's, that's where that's I was. Conf- <laughs> I was confused because yeah. I looked on like bands in town and they had some random yeah. thing before. And then they had the, I am ghosting. So I was like, Oh, they're probably on tour promoting everything. So that's what I started with. But I was obviously wrong about that. Yeah. Well, it, it's just one of those things where like to make a big transition, like yes. And obviously like we, we started our own record label too. So like, right. Right. To, to have all these big changes that happen within the band, like this isn't stuff you can do from the road. You have to be home to like, um, to figure all of it out and to make sure you're doing it all correctly. And, um, we're, we're just as eager as the fans are to see us in terms of getting out and playing these new songs live. Um, but we just want to make sure we do it right. And we want to make sure that we can find bands that are available during that time that our fans would want to see us with. So it's just been kind of the, the, the process of making sure everything is as good as it possibly can be before we go out there again. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's CRCL, the Circle Records? Yes. What made you, because that's, I mean, that's a huge undertaking. So why did you decide, or do you have a passion for that outside? Is that more of the band's project other than yours? Like, how did that kind of come about? Um. Well, I mean, our, our time of standby was kind of up. We were just like, okay, you know, do we want to go pitch some other labels, or do we want to... Um, you know, create our own thing. And we've always felt since the beginning of the band, like I almost felt, and, and this kind of comes from, obviously I'm inside the band, so, you know, take it for what it's worth. But I feel like Gold Tattoos 
was kind of like a hiatus period for the band in terms of like create creatively oh. because like and obviously I can just dive into this now so like it can better kind of the fans can understand kind of why I feel that way but yeah. when we did a dance you won't when we did a dance you won't forget um our first EP um we'd only been a band for like four months mm-hmm. literally and then we went in the studio we went in the studio did those songs um had no idea how people were going to receive them um obviously they received them incredibly and then after that, you know, we kind of started to build up some momentum. We had signed with Standby Records. Um, and then, you know, we went in the studio and started to record gold tattoos with our original vocalist. Right. And um, we finished the record completely. We come home, and then he leaves the band. Um, so we literally had, by the time he left the band, I think it was in September of 2012, um, we were going on the Brian Stars tour right. in October of 2012. It's crazy. So we then had a record. We had a record with his voice on it, and we had a you know a, a month to find a vocalist that could fill in for this and stuff. So it's at that point that we we kind of told the label and stuff that we're going to have to hire somebody new and to not you know mix and master that version of the record. Um, we spent the next couple months um, auditioning some vocalists, and um, Rob, Robbie, Robbie, and I rewrote like majority of the lyrics for the record. And then um, Charlie, um, he always he always writes to skip the memories songs because oh, okay. those are about his his friend that passed away, so it's kind of a closer thing to him for sure. Um, and then we had just gone through some stuff. We found our our second vocalist, which was Ryan Howell. Yep. Um, and then and then yeah, we pretty much went in on this Brian Stars tour went right from that into the studio. So it was just very rushed, and that's why I kind of feel that way because it was right. like. We, we wrote the lyrics, he, you know, came up with the melodies, and it's just, it was just very, like, kind of all over the place. And then when it came time to do, you know, our second full length, which was Above It All, yep. it kind of felt like it was, like, time to kind of get back to how it was with dance, where it's, like, I, I honestly feel like nobody knows what's going to please the fans with this band more than the people in the band, in terms of, uh, like, like the, fan, the fans want to hear this sort of thing, they want to hear this sort of production, they want to hear this sort of lyrical content. Mm-hmm. When you get other people, when you get other people involved, it kind of tends to change the the sound or the brand or this or that. And I feel like with starting our own record label, um, it really gave us the freedom to do whatever we wanted to do. And in doing that, I think we created the best material we have out of the band. Yeah, and, I agree. Um, thank you, man. Yeah, and in the future, I, I, the well, big reason why we wanted to do this was in the future. You know, as the band, you know, gains more popularity and we we're able to gain more funds. To, to put into the label, we wanted to start signing bands. Oh, yes. We, yes. we learned so much from being signed to a label, you know, what to do and what we feel like could be improved on that we feel like we could really help bands. And a lot of the time, you know, um, I feel like no one's going to be able to know what a band needs more than somebody that is in a band. So right. um, that was just a, a sort of like a care that we wanted to give to these new bands. And um, obviously it's just another cool endeavor and it's another challenge. We're all about kind of challenging ourselves to be the best that we can be. And we're always very busy with many different things. So I, I feel like this is just naturally kind of the next step that uh, that we wanted to try to pursue. Yeah, and talk about a band that has a great view from a lot of different viewpoints because I know your backstory from following you for so long. Do you feel right now that you are basically starting over almost, do you count those five years 
of being together as even though you've put out some great material that now you're basically starting completely over after all the lineup changes and all the things you've had to do in the past? I feel like visually, I feel, I feel like obviously we feel like a totally different band because obviously the lineup is pretty different. Yep. Than, I mean, Char- Charlie, Charlie's been in since 2012, so I mean, he's... He's practically an original along with us. London's been in 2014. Um, And then Robbie and I, we've known each other forever, you know, since we started the band. And then we actually tried to start the band a time before we started the band this time. Like, we we tried to start it up, but literally nobody wanted to join the band because, like, nobody in Arizona wanted to play the style of music we played. It was, like, either, like, super, like, poppy music or it was super, like, breakdown, like, heavy music. Oh, sure. Nobody wanted to play anything. (laughs) It was kind of a midpoint, so um, we've been trying out of forever. But I mean, we have all the knowledge that we've gained over over the years. But that honestly feels like it's the only thing that feels the same with this band. So to answer your question, yes, I, I yeah. do feel like it's a new beginning, and I feel like if anyone's going to start listening to the band and discover us, this is a great time to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'd recommend Above It All as well as probably the first thing that they'll want to listen to. And then they can work their way back. But it's like you said, the last full length doesn't necessarily sound the way this album sounds. Yeah. You, you are, I mean, I'm a big fan of your voice. I think it. Thank you. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think it works so well with this album. And if you can say one word about Farewell, My Love, it's you guys are dynamic. So. There, Thank you so yeah, much. yeah, it's not just one genre on this album. It's a lot of different things. And that's why I was a proponent of if you ever do, you know, maybe it's five or ten years down the line, like you mentioned, doing this album front to back, I think that would work really well because no one's gonna get tired of it. It works. Yeah. Thank you, man. I know it's something that's been a big focal point for us our whole career, and even more so now. Um, is the fact that, you know, we love so many genres of music and, and mm-hmm. we don't feel like, like we should be kind of like, you know, pigeonholed into, into one sort of genre. And I know a lot of bands say that and, um, we you know whether they actually practice it or not is, you know, it's situational, but I feel like with us, um, you know, if I have a really great idea for an awesome ballad or if I have a great idea for, you know, a darker and harder rock song, yeah. or I have an idea for a really poppy you know, one direction sounding song, you know, <laughs> I kind of feel like this band, this band has the means to do it all. And, right. um, that's something we've definitely gotten some, some slack for from, from people in terms of like, you know, saying like, Oh, we, we don't, you guys don't know what you sound like. It's like, we actually do know what you sound like. We just sound like a lot of different things. Yeah. So, I think, and so I know I was just going to say like, you know, like there's some bands, you know, from the eighties and even like Mike M, like you listen to the black parade, it's all over the place. Yes, you know, it is. Do, right. AFI, AFI, it's all over the place, but no one kind of, I think a lot of bands were being very ambitious back then, so people weren't like, this band doesn't know what they sound like, because it was kind of the norm to do different things on a record, Well, I feel like now, I feel like with a lot of bands, they go into the studios like, let's make a heavy record, let's make a pop record, right. and they do that, but that's all they do. You know what I mean? It's absolutely true. I think the trend is, especially if you're, if you're a brand new band, I think a lot of times when they don't know what their sound is going to be like, then that album will be kind of all over the place. But then if you get someone like, think about the new A Day to Remember album that will be out. The four singles that they've released have almost all been in a different genre. Yeah, totally. I I totally agree. And for me, I think it takes a lot more 
um, it's a lot more like balls, basically. You know? Yeah, sure. Um, to to, um, to do something that's that's not being done right now, and, and I always reference the data. Remember, because kids that grow up now and see a band, they aren't going to understand it because they see all these bands and Warped Tour that kind of, you know, mimic a day to remember sound, but like back when they were doing it, like no one was doing the pop punk and breakdown thing. That was like completely unheard of. So right, for right. a band like that to kind of say, this is what we want to sound like and we're going to pursue it, whether anyone likes it or not, like it stick true to their guns. Like I love bands like that, that have just been pioneers. That's so, it's so big for everyone in our band. Like the bands that just maybe not have, maybe didn't take off right away, but they made a really huge impression on the music scene because they did something that was so inspirational and so different. And I was actually watching a Day to Remember DVD um, earlier today. It was, uh, it was like a bonus DVD for uh, for those who have heart. Oh, yeah, sure. And they uh, were talking about it in there, and they were like, yeah, you know, um, we just, we, we've progressed so much. We just can't wait to see what the future holds. And, like, um, they have a little live DVD at the end, and it's like, it shows them playing this, like, little, like, it's literally like an old bank that got turned into a venue. Yeah. And... It's like maybe maybe two hundred kids there, maybe. Sure. And it's crazy, crazy to think about it, like how, you know, they were like, you know, can we see the future hold? At that point, like that was before Homestick, and then when Homestick came out, that oh. was like what put them on the map. Yeah, they know, they hit big. Yeah, and so that's that's an understatement, just, probably. <laughs> oh yeah, well, it, it just it just means a lot to me to see bands like that that are just so grassroots, where they just like, there's no agenda, there's no like people writing their songs for them they just like are just five dudes that are really passionate and they care about what they do they write honest music and it takes them far because they were true to their heart and they kind of just stuck it out it's just so cool to me yeah i'm pretty sure they actually i mean you talk about being pioneers i think they made a whole genre if you count them and four years strong are basically, and maybe I'll get hate mail for this, I don't know, I mean, it's, it's fine, but I would say <laughs> those two bands probably created Easy Core, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I'm not sure what, what sort of core is what core. But oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's so many now. <laughs> yeah, there, there really is. But I, I, And I think even that, I think even Four Year Strong came after Dater Nuts. Did they really? So, I, I might have, yeah. I might yeah, have my day. <laughs> so many bands. <laughs> so yeah, many I, I did remember formed them in like 2003. So that's like, yeah. I, wonder... I mean, I, I didn't start. I didn't start hearing a four year strong until way after did remember hit. So yeah, that probably I, makes sense. Could, we, we we both could be wrong, but I, I don't know. I, I I like to give them credit for that sort of thing, and I I feel like if you create something that's all your own, and that you know fans can only come to that one band yeah. if they really want to hear like the original sound of that stuff. Those are the bands that really go on to have amazing careers. It's usually the ones that kind of fall in their footsteps that may have like, you know, some hype here or there because they like, they're like, oh, you know, like people really like dubstep metal, so I'm gonna go play dubstep metal, right. and like they'll have like some success at it for a while, but then once the fad dies, their band dies with it because they didn't do actually something of actual substance that they actually believed in. So like that's that's been so huge for us, especially going into this new record is just do what we love and. You know, people will see that we love it, and they'll they'll follow exactly in terms of like like they'll 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 see the true intentions of what we do, and they'll appreciate it because we're not going out there and doing something that we intentionally don't believe in. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, I absolutely do, and that's very important. And by the way, I had to look it up because it would have killed me to not know. So, four years strong started in 2001, 
and a day to remember oh, started wow. in 2003. Oh wow! So okay. I just had to I had well, to check. I had to, I had to check. Yeah. Wow, that, that that's actually super impressive. That's a long career for them, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it really is. And I should have known better, also, because I I happen to be living in Boston, so I should have known by heart when Four Years Strong came yeah. out. <laughs> so that's wow, that's, that's, that's my bad. Like 15, 16, career, 15, 16 uh, years. Yeah. Into their career. Wow. Absolutely. That's yeah. Crazy. It's, 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 yeah. Absolutely crazy. Well, let me ask you this for yourself in general. So you mentioned listening to different genres that's kind of seeping into your music and what you're trying to create. Is there anything currently that you're listening to, I don't know, that kind of hits you? Um, I'm, try- I'm trying to think of something that's come out recently. I, I love the new Blink-22 album. Oh. I-, I know um, people are kind of divided with it, with the, you know Tom not being in the band anymore and stuff. But right. Again, that, that situation hits close to home with me because I know what it's like to have to, you know, part ways with members and, and still make things work just for the greater good of the situation. Right. And um, I think they made an amazing, amazing record. To me, it's the best Blink-22 album from front to back. Wow. That they've ever put out. Yeah. Whoa. So. I, you might be getting some hate mail after this. That's all good. <laughs> it, it won't be the first time. No, no. <laughs> I remember talking to a band, Take the Fall, on the show, and it was right after the new Blink-22 came out, and they both loved it, or one of them loved it, one of them didn't. I was on the fence. Like I think that album is good, but it just, I didn't latch onto it that much, but I don't think yeah. I don't think there's that much in the middle anymore. I think with that album, it's either you love it or you hate it. Well, I think a lot of the reasons, I think if people just heard the record, and the band didn't have a name, I think they'd love it. Oh, I, I sure. Like people, like, like Tom, Travis, and Mark, they're such like, it's, it's an iconic lineup. So like, like to lose somebody like that, especially this deep into their career, it, it's got to be weird for the fans. And I, I, I totally understand that. But like, like be, having the opinion where you're just like, oh, it's just not the same. Like that's not going to get you anywhere. Like in terms right. of like, 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 like they've moved on. Tom's moved on. You can always listen to Tom's bands and listen to Blink-22 if you want to hear, you know, what Mark and Travis and Matt have to offer now. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. To me, the song California on the record yeah. is, good, is good enough to where even if the rest of the record is horrible, I would still think it's their best record. Just based off that one song. I love that song. Wow. So, All right. Yeah. That's that's good to know. I'm going to have to give that track because I know which track you're talking about, but I didn't know that that one held such high esteem. Like, that's great. Oh, yeah. Now, have you had a chance, because you brought up Garrett from The Color Morale, have you had a chance to listen to their new album yet? I haven't. I, I, I definitely plan to. I, I, I There's so many albums that come out like, yes. around similar times that I try to like dive into certain ones, you know, like like whenever I can feel that I have the chance to. Like I, I've been trying to listen to the new Amorosa record recently. That's oh, great. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, I, I definitely will get around to it. Um, I just I just haven't had the chance to listen to a lot of that stuff lately. So oh, I'm kind of trying to work on stuff. Yeah, you got. I mean, you're super busy, so that totally makes sense. Let me ask yeah. you. I'm gonna completely skew this and and do something that I normally do more towards the beginning of the show. But I, it's not often that I get to talk to a drummer. So when did you get yeah. started drumming, and what kind of got you into drums in the first place? Um. Well, I I, uh, I have a friend of mine. His name is, is Adam. Uh, and then I had a friend of mine, his name is Tyler. Um, they were just, basically all my friends growing up were all drummers. Okay. And, um, obviously not all of them, but just like, well, my, my tight, my tight group of friends. Yep. Just all drummers. Some of them even played like in band in high school and stuff. And so 
I remember going over to my friend Adam's house every day before school, and he had his drum set set up. And, you know, just in the little, like, 15 minutes before we went to school every day, or got caught the bus, rather, um, I would <laughs> get on the set, and I would just start playing some stuff. Just I, You know, I was, like, intrigued by it. And yeah. so I just, like, I, I played on it for a couple months, and then I got this drum set that was uh, another friend of mine's, like, sister's boyfriend, one of those, like, really distant connections. Um, he got me a drum set. I was like, literally, there's this huge holes in the <laughs> drum heads, and I literally didn't have sticks. I had like markers. It was just <laughs> like, it, it was just a really bad situation. So sure. for that Christmas, which was the Christmas of 2006, um, I got my first drum set, and um, yeah, I just kind of I progressed from that set, which was uh, I forget what, what model it was. I, it was a PDP kit. Okay, and then I progressed to um, a Tama Tama Superstar kit. I think it was called. And then from that point onward, I got a endorsement deal with um, SGC. Oh, nice! So um, I, I I I still play on that, um, and and uh, yeah, it's been really, it's been really great, and it, it's uh it's been a huge part of my life in terms of like I never stopped playing drums even when I was singing. Okay. So I uh, I always like to keep very busy and active, and um, I just. Uh, yeah, I think I'll always play drums, regardless of if I play it in a band. I think I'll always pursue drums. When you do that, do you often find yourself writing as well? Do you ever do your melodies or lyric writing while you're playing the drums? Um, well, usually when I get a song, I uh, I get everything at once. Okay. Like I get vocal melodies, I get lyrical ideas, I get drum beats, I get guitar progressions, all that kind of comes at once. And for me... Um, the, the drums have obviously always been something that's close to home. So, actually, on Above It All, a lot of fans probably don't know this because, like, obviously I'm not in the videos playing drums, but I tracked drums and I wrote all the drums for Above It All. Oh, wow. So okay. That was that was a really fun experience to kind of go back to something that was kind of, uh, you know, still second nature to me in terms of I already did it on many, many records and many uh, recordings throughout okay. time. So, um, I, I definitely plan to do that in the future. Cause I feel like my drum style kind of, it, it works so well with the band because all of our songs have had that. They've yeah. had my drums on them. So, sure. I mean, might as well continue that in that sort of vein with the new material. So. You're writing the drums. You're writing the drum part. You're also thinking about the other parts. Do you write the lyrics with Robbie or do you do those by yourself? It actually is different for every song because oh, okay. a, a lot of the... A lot of the writing for our band is me and Robbie in terms of like the initial skeleton and stuff. But yep. like moving into the new record, I, I we, we never stop writing. So like like right when we put out that record, we were already writing the next one. But like we're already like writing the next record right now. Oh, so very nice. That's, okay, that's one thing. It's been very different because when we, we did Above It All, London had barely joined the band. Right. So he wasn't able to kind of give his input on things because it was pretty much almost done when he when he joined so right. um this has been different so like, i mean there's songs where like i'll write some guitar progressions and i'll show him and then he'll kind of spice it up like a guitarist would and then yeah. there's songs that robbie writes entirely robbie will write the vocal melodies he'll write the lyrics he'll write the music he'll write everything and i'll just like you know basically put my twist on it and it's just been very collaborative, I'd say, overall. I, I don't think there's like a, a solid formula for any song. Like Whoever kind of comes up with something that we feel is the best fit, we'll kind of just take it as an idea and kind of run with it. So Yeah, that's always good to hear. Because, yeah, and it's always interesting, too, to know people's writing process and everything. Was there any... Yeah, ma- 
No, I just can't. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, was there any like major inspiration for these tracks? I mean, depending on who was writing them, was it a lot to deal with, you know, a brand new band kind of thing and, and moving on from that? Um, well, I think generally, I think our brand is pretty, is pretty solid, but I, I've always loved bands like, you know, Smashing Pumpkins or My Chemical Romance mm-hmm. or, I mean, just, just bands that have that sort of feel in terms of like, every record's a reverb in terms ah, sure. of like, it's, it's, the look is different, like maybe not drastically different, but it's a little bit different. Spice up, it has a different feel to it. And then the music kind of, it goes in a different direction as well. So I, I think the next record is going to be exactly that. And I think one thing that I'm kind of coming to terms with lyrically with the next record, at least at this point in time, which obviously we're so early on, so it, it could totally change. True. But um, something that I uh, have noticed is we always we always were either writing songs that were like fantasy-based, where oh, they were okay. like literally completely fake stories, like very similar to like, you know how often I would do like you know uh, the emptiness. Oh, absolutely. Sort of thing where, yeah, I was like just basically a, like a concept-driven thing. Yep. Or we do a song that was just very hopeful because we always wanted to have a hopeful message for for fans because specifically early on in our career, we had a lot of fans that we you know would come up to us at shows and just talk about how you know our music saved their lives and right. things of that nature. So we we wanted to give them kind of anthems to kind of to kind of live by and. And to help them in their lives, and uh, with this new record, I feel like we're going to do that in, in in a sort of different way. But another thing that I kind of wanted to, to share with people, which I think Jeremy McKinnon from Data Remember just is the most excellent at this sort of trait, is um, he kind of isn't always positive in his lyrics. But right. he just kind of tells he tells his fans in the lyrics kind of how it is and what he's been through personally. And even if the fans can't relate to the specific situation, mm-hmm. they can relate to the, the fact that he's emotionally giving himself in the song. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. So I, that's something that I kind of really want to work on in terms of the new material is not always trying to make songs too general to the point where it's like any situation can be applied to it, but rather just, you know, say what's on my mind and um, hopefully fans will see that it's genuine and see that there's actually, you know, a good a good message to be taken from it rather than just, you know, believe in yourself. It can be like, Hey, you know, I went through this specific situation. You might not have gone through the specific one, but I made it out of this. So you can definitely make it out of whatever you're going through sort of thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. And this wouldn't be for this next one because of what you're talking about. But what about doing a entire concept album where you're following something? Cause you brought up Alisana. They yeah. span, you know, three whole albums of a story and now they have that book coming out. They have all that yeah. stuff. Is that something you'd be interested in doing in the future? Um, we honestly, every record we've ever tried to write is we've tried to make it a concept album. But gotcha. Yeah. Every time that it gets down to like actually recording, we're like, oh, we gotta go on tour, or oh, we gotta shoot a video, or you know, we gotta take time to work on this sort of thing. So it's like a concept album takes complete focus. Yes. And I think for us if we get a concept in our mind that's like so undeniably good and like we really feel sold on it and we feel like we have enough to talk about to stretch over 12, 13 songs, then I, I think that we would definitely explore it in the future. Okay. And I think roughly, I think roughly, at least for now, um, and again, things could change, but I think for now, it's almost like a continuation 
of the above it all theme in terms of like rising above all the things we've been through. Sure. But I think the next record is going to be detailing what we've been through in terms oh, of like okay. not not just saying, oh, okay, we, we've gone we've gone through it all and we rose above it, but saying here's actually what we went through, right. and and then it, it's all it's almost like it could be like a pre to above it all sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm excited. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, just. It, it, it's not it's not like a strict concept record, but it's just like every single song that we've been writing has been something where like it feels like that's how it could kind of be leaning in terms okay. of uh, just kind of the theme of it. That's really interesting, and I'm excited. I'm impressed that you're even writing new material right now already. Above yeah. it all, just came out. So I mean, normally yeah. this is where bands yeah. are kind of taking easy, you know, getting the tours ready and and going out, and they're not even thinking about new material at this time. Yeah, it, it's funny when people will talk to me, like whether it be an interview or just a friend. It's like, so what have you been up to, man? It's like, I've been up to the same stuff I've been up to for five years. It's right. like, <laughs> you know, it, it's like, it's like, oh, I'm working on this new thing or this that. Like, like obviously it's new, it's new music, it's, new, it's a new label endeavor or something. But like, I from the moment I'm awake to the moment I go to sleep at night, it's here on my love every single day in terms of like working on stuff and following up with people and trying to plan cool new things for our fans to kind of like. You know, whether it be like a contest or some sort of, you know, new videos or just things like that, we're always working on something. We never rest. So, right. Yeah, um, you're, you're very interactive on Facebook and Twitter and everything for sure. You're always checking in on fans, and it's really great to see. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to switch gears again. I tend to do this on the show, but I wanted to ask you about a couple of uh, friends of the show that have been on recently because. I remembered, and unfortunately I wasn't able to go to this tour, but you toured with Snow White's Poison Bite in, I think it was yeah. 2013, yeah. And I just recently mm-hmm. had Alan on the show, and we were talking about how they're getting their new album ready. What was that like? Do you remember any specific parts of that tour or anything that uh, was fun or memorable? I remember it was super... Well, we actually, I think for a bit of the tour... Um, and, and usually this is like classic, like art sort of luck. We, we have van trouble all the time. Oh, in terms okay. of like, like now that we have our own van, we 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 still have the transmission blow a couple times, and just like some, some bad stuff has happened to it. But like when we were renting vans, yep. Like this is specifically on that run because they did the Brian Stars uh, the part two oh. of the tour. Okay, and then they also yeah, and then they also did a headliner with us right yes. after. We were literally. Right. We were on tour with that band straight for three months. Yeah, that's so, a long time. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's funny. I, I was looking to, like, you know, I, I think Facebook does this thing where it's like, you know, three years ago today, this this happened or whatever, you know, just yeah. like a little memories thing. There was a fan that tagged me in the picture. We played a show in Burnsville. Um, I, I think it was the last show of the Snow White's Poison Bite Tour. Oh, okay. The three-month-long run, and, like, I was looking at the picture of me, and I was just like, you can just tell I was just spent, dude. It was like, my, my hair, like, when we started, was, like, perfectly black and perfectly straightened, and, like, like everything was all, you know, all looking good in terms of that. And, like, yeah. you look at the picture of me in, like, in Burnsville at the end of the tour, and, like, my hair is, like, light brown and curly, and it's <laughs> like, I'm ready to go home, you know? Right. So, right. Yeah. That, 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 that tour was great, though, man, in terms of, like, I think it was their first time in America, so it was yeah. just fun and exciting, and they had they had a good amount of hype around them because of the new record, and obviously they had that video, the prom night video that went viral at the time. Oh sure, yeah. Um, so, 
yeah, it was just super cool to kind of see them come over here. And um, I, I, I've been kind of wondering where they went. So it's been, it, it was cool. I, I actually clicked on your page oh, yeah. right before we did this interview. I was just kind of like looking into stuff and I saw you interviewed him and I was like, oh, that's so cool. You know, so. Yeah, there's supposedly, I mean, and I'm obviously, I'm a huge fan of yours and theirs. And like, I was a tour that I was really pissed that I didn't get a chance to see. And yeah, Alan said they're working on brand new, like he has everything done. And they'll have a new album out by uh, 2017. So hopefully everything turns out well because the way he was touting it, he's like, it's a game changer. So I'm like, holy shit, like this is going to be great. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. I, I definitely am stoked to hear what they have to offer for sure. Absolutely. And now one more friend of the show. I had briefly mentioned it before, but you're doing the final ever, you know, from what Steven says, the final ever I Am Ghost show in October. Yeah. How'd that come about? Like that to me, I mean, that's super huge. I have Steven on the show and I'm a huge super fan of, of I am ghost. So it's awesome that they're doing this, but how did, how did it work out that way? Um, well, I, it, it, it's cool because there's very few bands I can actually share this sort of thing with because most of the bands I'm into now are just massive and I never got to see them at any other point, but I'll go ahead and I'll tell, I'll tell my, my little story of I am ghost and you can even share yours too. That'd be really, really cool. Absolutely. Um, with I, with I Am Ghost, I basically, MySpace was a thing at the time, and I was really into Escape to Fate. And ah. Escape to Fate had, they had I Am Ghost on their top eight. And um, I was like, okay, this band looks really cool. I, I just listened re- to them. And they, I just remembered top eight. I completely forgot. My, yeah, my yeah, yeah, you, you got to really dig for that and yeah. just remember back that far. But um, <laughs> yeah, they, they had it on there. I went and listened to a couple of their songs, and I was like, this is amazing. And then, they were literally coming like that following week. And I, I showed my dad the songs. He's like, Oh, that they're really great. And so he took me to go see them. And I literally never missed an I am ghost show from, you know, 2000, I believe it was like the end of 2006. Yeah. All the way till when they stopped the band in 2010, I went to every single one of their shows. And That's awesome. I kind of kept, I kept in contact with Steve when the band had broken up. He mm-hmm. did like a t-shirt design. He did a t-shirt design for fair all my love. Like, Years and years and years ago, like one of our first shirts we ever had, he designed. Oh wow! Um, so we, we kind of kept in contact through that, and I've always been like, "Hey man, you let's tour, let's tour together." He's like, "Yeah, I'm not looking into that right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like touring. I don't feel like touring." I was like, "Okay, okay." And then um, he formed that band Requiem. Yep. And we went on tour with him last year. Ah, there you um, go. Like okay. A little, he was like a little California tour, and he told me on the tour he was like, "Yeah, we're going to be planning." Um, uh, a lover's requiem kind of reunion sort of thing for the end of this year. And then obviously, I mean, it's crazy because they have six members playing on stage with them that, that night. So it's like to get all of them to be available for even one night is like a chore. You yeah. know what I mean, so, uh, they, uh, they've had to push it back an entire year from 2015 to 16, which works out good because it's the 10 year, but it's just crazy because I was listening to Iron Ghost, you know, literally 10 years ago is when I first found that band and that band kind of flips my world in terms of like the whole like theatrical you know operatic sort of music that was a big inspiration on me huh. when forming for all my love so to to be in in a band that at least I was heavily influenced by that band and to be playing their last show ever yeah is it just it just means the world to me that that we were chosen for direct support for that because I know he had promised on that tour, he was like, you know what? He's like, if you guys are available to do this, he's like, like we would love to have you. And then he, I remember I hadn't talked to him for quite a while. And then 
I just got a call from him randomly one day. He's like, I just wanted to honor my promise and I wanted to throw you guys on this show. And I was like, yeah, I appreciate it so much. And it's just cool, man. I know it's sold out too. So that's going to be a madhouse. Yes. Yeah. I almost got a flight just for that show to see you guys. I just, I'm kind of kicking myself now, but it's just one of those things where it's really tough to get from Boston to there for one show and then come back with regular work things. But, oh man, I would have, I would love, but I love hearing that you're such a fan of theirs and that you get to go and do that show. Yeah, thank you, man. It's crazy. Like, I like I like looking back, like, you know, from when I was, like, younger, going to shows and stuff. I like using that as, like, a, as a gauge to kind of be even more grateful than I already am for all the things we've achieved with this band. And one of the things I found the other day, which I thought was so cool, was they were giving out these little postcards on the Epitaph Tour 2007. Yep. And they... uh they signed uh, a little postcard for me. Oh, it, it's like, like it's just the whole band. It's just so cool because it's just like back then I would have had no idea that that my band would be like playing their final show ever. You know what I'm saying? So that, it's just yeah. one of those really, really full circle moments, and it's going to be really cool. And I, I know I've seen like some rehearsal footage, yeah, from the show, and uh, I just can't wait, man. It's gonna be awesome. Now, are you going to, you know, you talked about it at the very beginning of the show about how you have kind of left more of the goth makeup behind you. You know, you can see it in the music videos, but they're doing that whole, I don't know if you saw, I'm sure they ran it by you, I would assume, but they're doing that like invitation as this is an actual funeral. So now they're going to have people all dressed in funeral attire. Are you going to do anything special for the show? Um, I mean, we haven't really necessarily discussed it yet. I think for us, we are trying to kind of get away from that and kind uh, of sure. embrace what the what the future has to give. Right. Um. So, I think we're gonna kind of just do us. But I think even even that being said, of us doing us, I feel like even that's not like it's like we're walking out wearing like this pink tuxedo or something. You know. <laughs> right. Right. So. Um. Yeah. I. I think it'll be all good, and then and who knows? Maybe we'll just end up wearing like black tuxedos. Yeah. That might be really hot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> and just on that same note, do you have a song that you're really hoping that they play live? Um, well, there was, I, I, uh, I saw that they posted on Facebook the other day. Uh, they went live from their rehearsal studio. Yep. And they were kind of sh- showing fans, uh, little glimpses of like the songs they were rehearsing and a song I've never heard live, which is one of my favorite I am ghost songs, the song called this is home. Oh yes. And they're actually, I think they're going to be playing it live. Cause they, no way. They showed the so, Man, uh, I, <laughs> that song and the most beautiful nightmare part two. Those are my yeah. two. Like I can't get over. Like if I hear those songs, I have to continue hearing them for a little while because once isn't enough. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, and I didn't know with uh, This Is Home, it has the female vocal in the verses, so I didn't know if they'd even be able to do that. Obviously, Ronnie, their bass player, he has a beautiful, beautiful voice, so I yeah. knew that he could pull it off, but it looks like they're going to be having a girl come up on stage. Oh. I, th- I think it's I think it's Haley Rose, which is Ronnie's uh, wife. Right. That makes sense, yeah, because I remember, unless things change, and I mean, Stephen can pull off a lot of stuff. I mean, he's writing that book, he's doing a ton of stuff, so who knows you know, what he's able to pull off. But I remember when I talked to him, he said, because I asked him straight up, I was like, Art, and I forget her name now, I'm, I'm blanking, but her, her husband, who used to be in the in the band, do you remember what their names were? Karis and Brian. Yeah, 
he, I asked him, I said, are, are they coming back for this reunion? He said their whole lives are completely different. He said he did reach out, but he said that their lives are just so different from music that they haven't done anything since. I think she's a teacher or something like that. So it'd be amazing. Yeah, if, yeah. yeah it'd be amazing if that happened, but I'm sure someone else can fill in and still do a great job. Yeah, definitely. I, I, well, we actually toured with Haley Rose on the bottom of the dance floor tour, and she she's awesome. So that, that would, she could definitely pull that off. I think. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, I just I'm super impressed. I think it's going to be great, and I'm really glad that it's sold out. A show like that deserves to be sold out. You guys are going to yeah. kill it. They're going to kill it. Like it's just I couldn't be happier for that. I mean, and just to hear you say, you know, how big of a fan you are too, because I know that doesn't happen all the time. So for you to have those yeah. stories. And then be able to do this is just really great. Yeah, I know there's been there's been people you know that could say like, oh, they played like like that band The Struts. They got to play Motley Crue's last show, and there's just certain bands that have gotten to close out careers like that. But I mean, for me personally, it, it's not like I'm just closing out just any band's career. That's like you know calling it quits, I guess. Right. Um, it, it, it's a band that not only shaped what I do musically, but shaped what I do in this band specifically. So it's just, a, it's going to be a very, very special moment for me. No, absolutely. No, that's great. Chad, I think I have everything covered. I, I really appreciate your time. I looked down and I realized that we've been talking for over an hour. Uh, so good, I, man. Yeah, I don't want to take up any more of your time. But yeah, I just want to thank you so much because I am really a big fan. I'm going to have links and everything on the description so that way people can get your album and hopefully get out there and see you on tour when you're all set. But for right now, what's the best way for people to support you? Um, I mean, especially being independent, all the money that we make from, you know, whether it be record sales or merch sales, um, all that goes right back into... Um, getting us back on out on the road to see all the fans again. So, I mean, the biggest way that you can support us, we have a website. It's uh, fmlofficial.com. Um, we have a merch store up there uh, with tons of T-shirts, and we have our new album above it all, physical copies of that. And um, if you just go to the CD and you request that you want it signed, we're, we're signing copies for free. So, Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that's probably the best way that they can support us is to pick up some merch or some CDs. Sounds good. All right, Chad, once again, thank you very much. This was awesome. It was great getting a chance to talk with you. My pleasure, man. It's been great talking with you as well. Thanks. Have a great night. All right, you too, man.
Now, that was great. Wasn't that great? I thought so. I hope you did too. We went through everything, Farewell My Love, and I know at the end of that conversation that I still had more to talk about. So hopefully we can get Chad back on the show again soon. He did mention, as you heard, that they are working on tour stuff, so I'm sure they'll have a tour announcement soon. I just think it's great everything that they're doing. Not only the album above it all, but also working on new material already and starting the record label CRCL Records. That's just great. And then the possibility of bringing in new bands to the record label, just everything that they're doing. Getting to play that reunion show with I Am Ghost is really amazing. And I hope everyone who listened really heard the passion that Chad has for the music that he loves. And that's what I love hearing when I do these conversations. Because that type of music is what inspired me to do this in the first place. It's great to hear a person talk about something like that when I love their music already and they're talking about the same bands that I also grew up with and the same bands that I love as well. It's something that continually inspires him, so it's really great to hear that kind of stuff. I do want to thank Chad very much for coming on the show, and I'm going to read off some ways that you can go ahead and support Chad, Farewell My Love, and CRCL Records. Now, all these links will be in the description of the episode, but right now... I'm going to read them off for you. The main website, fmlofficial.com. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash farewellmyloveofficial. Twitter.com, farewell underscore my love. 
Instagram.com, Farewell My Love. Then for the record label, it's CRCLRecords.com. Facebook.com is CRCLRecords. Twitter.com, CRCLRecords. Instagram.com, CRCLRecords. And then also Chad's personal Twitter is underscore Chad Kowal. Kowal is spelled K-O-W-A-L. Also, I did want to mention that I know there were some sound fluctuations and everything during this episode. Unfortunately, it's because of the previous mixer that I had. So I had to return that and get something brand new. So hopefully you're enjoying it. Hopefully it wasn't too much of a pain listening to that. That happens sometimes. But I got rid of the defective mixer. Now I've got the new one. So we should be all good. So there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Thank you again to Chad. Much appreciated. I'm sure we're going to talk more in the future. Go support Farewell My Love. Go support Chad. Go support CRCL Records. And don't forget to support Ian Hates Music by subscribing, rating, and sharing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or any other of your favorite podcast listening apps. And since this did end up being a long conversation, let's stop the show there. And let's end with Above It All. So I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. There's a chance to be free when you look around. There's a hole in the sky that's lost and can't be found. And one day, I pray it'll come back down. There's a tear in your eye when it's cold outside. The wind always bites on a stormy winter night. But who said you're dead left without a fight?